0: Every family has a story. Every family has a history that defines the people within it one way or another. Some families leave behind tales of glory, but other families seem to find themselves in much different circumstances. For some families, tragedy is always just around the corner. But even among the unlucky, a quadruple homicide is still pretty shocking. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to discuss the 1981 Sharp family murders, and the murder of a family friend that was with them too. Now, these crimes are commonly known as the Ketty murders, but we'll get into that. The Sharp family was a large family consisting of a mother, Sue Sharp, two daughters, Tina and Sheila Sharp, and three boys, John, Rick, and Greg Sharp. On the night in question, they also had two guests over. Dana Wingate, a friend of John's, and Justin Smart, who was friends with the two younger Sharp boys. Even with the oldest among them being in their teens, The Sharp kids were no stranger to difficult circumstances. In fact, before a quadruple homicide would change their family forever, the Sharp family already lived through its fair share of tragedy. Most notably, they experienced a harrowing escape when Sue Sharp grabbed the kids and fled the family home to leave behind an abusive husband and father by the name of James Sharp. After fleeing, she took the kids and moved them all the way to California where her brother Don lived. Originally, they moved into a trailer, but before long they found themselves looking for a bit more space. A local cabin opened up on the Ketty Resort grounds, and the family was happy to get started in a new place. The Ketty Resort grounds are a fairly interesting concept. Basically, California designated the space for living, but it's also in a wooded area, so you're at home, but you're also in nature. It actually looks pretty cool outside of the context of this podcast episode. For the Sharp family, it was a place for a new start. Judging by the packed house, you can probably assume that the family didn't expect tragedy to strike. It was a night for sleepovers and hanging out. The boys had friends over, and Sheila Sharp, who was 14, ventured off to spend the night at another friend's house instead. While Sue, John, Tina, and Dana hung out in the main room of the home, the younger boys were tucked away in a bedroom. The following morning, Sheila returned home, and that was when she discovered that Sue, John, and Dana were dead. Tina was nowhere to be found. After running back to find help, Sheila returned with adults who helped her to locate and remove the younger boys from the home. Amazingly, they were asleep in the room, and at first it was believed that they didn't see or hear anything. Whether or not they actually did is still a pretty hot topic of debate. The good news is that, unlike the adults in the house, the three of them were spared. But, what about Tina? For a while, Tina was considered to be a missing person. At only 12 years old, she was clearly a victim of abduction, and her abduction might hold a clue for police. Was there a chance that someone was after Tina and simply decided to go through anyone in their way to abduct her? This certainly would not be the only case where that happened, and we still don't know. Tina's remains were uncovered somewhere else in the community and confirmed a few years after the murder, but there's no indication of why Tina was taken and murdered at a different location. I don't know about you guys, but it definitely just makes me suspect the worst. Police wanted to know what happened. A murder of this size and with this level of brutality was shocking. The crime scene showed a really violent attack, and that's part of what makes everything surrounding it so strange. We know that Sue, John, and Dana were brutally murdered using various tools and knives. At the scene, police found a bloodied hammer and two knives. One of the knives had been used so aggressively that it was physically bent from the force, which certainly shows you that there was no lack of intensity with this altercation. Though Sue and John died from these wounds, Dana actually died from asphyxiation. And then it all gets worse. The three of them were tied up using electoral tape, demonstrating that they were likely tied up when the killing blows were actually delivered. Obviously, this is a horrible crime, but when you add that level to it, it just... makes the killing that much scarier, in my opinion. Sue was also gagged, which really just makes me wonder what the actual intent of the killing was. And... More importantly, who did it? These murders are currently unsolved, but that doesn't change the fact that everyone wants those answers. As far as these murders go, it seems obvious that someone knows something, but the details of the crime are just too messy to point a finger in any real direction except for the fact that quite a few were actually pointed. Let's start with the most obvious option right out of the gate. James Sharp. Victims of domestic abuse often struggle to leave their partners for various reasons. Generally, there is a combination of physical and financial abuse that makes it very difficult. And then there is the obvious risk of death. In 2014, The Guardian reported that up to 75% of domestic violence homicides occurred when the woman tried to leave or after she already left. A lot of women who walk out of these circumstances still end up being murdered by that person. So did James Sharp finally track her down and see an opportunity? The next theory actually falls squarely on the shoulders of Dana. The rumor at the time was that Dana, who was 17, was involved in some seriously bad local business. Someone reported that Dana was involved with drug dealers and that someone heard he actually stole a bunch of drugs from someone. Obviously, the theory here is that whoever Dana wronged found out and tracked him down to the home. In an effort to violently get revenge, they killed everyone that they saw in that house, which is why the younger boys were spared. As far as sending a message goes, this is one murder case that certainly did the trick. It is completely possible that Dana led the wrong kind of people into the home of a loving family. But police actually didn't entertain this theory for very long. It's very flashy and very Hollywood. Definitely sounds like something that you would see in a movie, but there just wasn't any real evidence for it. And they couldn't really find anything that would link either household to drug use. So... Obviously, we already discussed one other theory, which is the theory that some local sicko developed an eye for young Tina and decided to take action. While this would not be the only time that something like this happened, it seems like a strange way to go about it. In an area with so many trees and nature... I kind of have to assume that they could have abducted Tina in a way that would have drawn less attention. But, then again, that might have actually been a plot to distract police from their real motive. It also ties in really well with another detail, which is the fact that they found parts of a human body and someone anonymously called in to confirm that it was Tina. It was Tina, and though it could have been a prank call, it might also have been the killer's way of ensuring that police stopped looking for Tina, because at that point in time, she was still considered a missing person. Maybe they actually just reported it in hopes that it would send police looking in another direction again. Then there was their neighbor and kind of family friend. Marilyn Smart, mother to Justin Smart and wife of Martin Smart had some suspicions regarding the crime and it actually makes another part of this story even more interesting. Marilyn was convinced that her husband and his friend were responsible for the murders and she told police that they were out for a good portion of the night. Now, I don't know too much about Martin, but I do know that he conveniently lost a special kind of hammer right before the murder. And that the hammer was found in a pond and taken into evidence. So I'm sure that isn't suspicious at all. And of course, there was another important detail, which is apparently martin hated john sharp i actually thought that i misread this the first time when i was going through and looking for details because i'm I'm not sure what kind of beef a grown man would have with a 16 year old boy but whatever it was his wife believed that there was something to it and was fairly adamant that it was martin Now. Martin actually passed a long line of questioning and a polygraph test, but that doesn't mean he was innocent. We have talked before about how unreliable they are. And apparently, Martin confessed to the killing with a counselor. Supposedly, he even admitted that he killed Tina because she recognized him. But... What kind of man would commit a crime of this nature? And for what? And how is this not used um, to lock him up, right? Did he and his friend finally just decide to wipe out a family after a bit of time at the bar? That seems excessive, but people suck. And... What kind of father would do this when his son was just in the other room? Well, it gets a little interesting when you consider the fact that only Justin, Martin's son, witnessed anything. Originally, Justin claimed that he didn't see anything. Then, he claimed to have dreamt up some details about the murder. He's a traumatized kid, so it kind of makes sense, right? Sleeping through a murder of this nature would be traumatic, especially if you weren't actually sleeping when it happened. Justin's story changed continuously throughout his talks with police. As a child, it wasn't that surprising, but... It certainly gets interesting if the killer was potentially his father and either his dad is trying to manipulate him or he actually did see his dad do it. Under hypnosis, which obviously we have discussed the risks of, Justin described more memories about the event. He even gave police the description of two men who he claimed he saw in the home. These descriptions were handed out to a rookie sketch artist, which is a huge point of contention with this case, and they ultimately didn't yield any real leads. But it is certainly interesting if there is any chance that his father was involved. Maybe Martin was looking for a way to cover up his crimes and fed his son a bunch of false information, or even encouraged him to flat out lie. People manipulate their kids a lot, actually. It's a very big issue in, like, divorce cases, where parents will kind of try and push an agenda on a kid. You know, kids are very susceptible to that. But, This is another case where we just don't know. The Sharp family has seen its fair share of loss, and I can only hope that they have had their fill of it for a few generations, because at some point, enough is enough. I did actually read something that said there was potential DNA from another unnamed suspect, so maybe... With all that fancy DNA testing, we'll get to learn more about it later. If you want to talk about cabins, slumber parties, or anything else fun and spooky, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at Dappod. For ad-free listening, feel free to head over to my Patreon at patreon.com slash like and inscribe. Thanks, guys.